Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, and so grateful to share this story with you. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. So welcome, Graciela. Well, thank you, Jen, for having me. This is an honor. It's an honor to talk with you. And I truly do just appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and share your story with our listeners. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about your diagnosis story. Well, I think I had been sick for maybe five to eight years. Mm. A lot of things were going on, you know, like a lot of uh, urinary infections, a lot of uh, thyroid problems, that whatever. I ha- We had a lot of stressful years as a family. We are good now, but it was just like we changed countries. We had to start all over again. We had three children. Now they're in, the last one is in college. The other ones are working already and they're doing great. But you know, those times when they're teenagers and like, mm. what am I going to do with my life? There's and a lot of stress. Yes. And finally, last year in October, uh, half of my body fell asleep. Mm. Started with my left foot and my left hand. And it started all the way that it was all the, my body, even my my private parts, you know, like mm-hmm. it was just weird. I and had then that it exact crossed... same thing. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Oh, it sucks. It it's sucks so, so weird bad. to go to the bathroom and not feel yes. it. And not feel if you're cleaning or not <laughs> right. cleaning. Right. Yes. <laughs> am I touching or am I in the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I even had to buy like special shoes because also my right foot fell asleep. Mm. And my husband was very supportive and freaking out. And immediately, he's a chef. He changed all of our, um, se llama? sorry, my English, uh, our eating uh, practices. We started doing uh, paleo, you know, like mm. no flour, no milk, no mm-hmm. nothing. No wine. I was like such a good person, (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't going away. I was going to the, I make an appointment with my doctor, but you know, doctors in the United States usually cannot see you immediately. Right. So I had to wait like 10 or 15 days to finally see him. And in that time I was going to see my physical therapist and Mm. she's super nice. And she's like, because before this, I had had like a neck injury. Oh. So we thought it was related to it. Of course. But obviously it wasn't, but we were working on that and I was super stressed because I wouldn't wake up. Go to the doctor, he sends me to a neurologist and the neurologist, his first thing is like, you're just anxious. And I'm like, what? <gasps> You just have anxiety. And I'm like, I don't think I am that strong in my head to like cause this. <laughs> oh, every people that is anxious is like you. And that's what they get. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he was like, this, take these pills. I remember they were 
at Selexa. And I'm like, I don't like taking pills. All the anxious people don't like to take pills. And I'm like, I just got friends that got addicted to pills and it really affected them. I know the consequences. Yeah. I mean, I respect people that have to take them. But in my case, if I can avoid taking them, I will. Indeed. Anyway, he orders MRIs. But in the meantime, my husband was super scared. He was with me in the appointment and he was like, you need to take these pills. Well, the pills made me so groggy. I couldn't even open my computer and I work, Mm. you know, like I couldn't even work or do anything. I much less drive. I'm sorry. I don't want to be bothered, like boring you. This is so boring. This this is exactly what people connect with though, right? Honestly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like so these kind I, of nuances. I mean, even though we're so unique in our journey, something might strike a chord with someone. So it's truly like it's fascinating to me. And I think to people listening. Well, thank you. Well, yes, and it's fascinating to me to hear other stories too. And you're correct. So I hope this helps someone. Anyway, it was very heartbreaking when the doctor told me that it was my fault. That it was my brain, mm-hmm. that I was just so anxious that I was such a bad person, right? Uh, go to take to have my MRIs, and then I have another appointment with him. And as we get in, he was like, first, I want to apologize to you, he said, because you have multiple sclerosis. Oh, my and gosh. I like, what? Like, I, I just couldn't say anything. <laughs> I was like, blank. You know, like when somebody insults you and and you don't know how to fight back, <laughs> you're just like, I wish I had said that. But I was yeah. just like, what? And he was even telling me, I cannot believe how well you're taking this. <laughs> wow. In my mind, I'm like, I'm not taking it well. I just right. don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> my God. Nice, you know, but at I least was he like, apologized. What? Yeah, that was nice of him. And and I understand, like, doctors uh, are sometimes under so much stress and seeing these day in and day out must be so hard for them, you know? Like, we have, I told you my husband is a chef and we've had several restaurants. And I am a designer. I'm not a restaurant person, but I've helped him in all of them and I've enjoyed it so much. And something that I learned was, like, we're meeting people, giving them pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm giving food, and it's so nice to meet people that way because every time they see me again, they relate me to food, sure. <laughs> to or good things. A good experience, yes. yeah. Yes. And I think for the doctors, just seeing so much pain maybe constantly makes them a little bit colder. I don't know. Not all of them, but it must be hard. Anyway, I, I really respect the doctor and he was very nice. But then he told me the options and... He said, the first thing he said, don't open the internet. And I'm like, I already did. (laughs) (laughs) We already suspected that it was a mess, you know. He told me that the options were like Ocrebus and all those things. And the last option was HSET. He mentioned it. He mentioned it, but he kind of disregarded it. Like that is only if you're super bad and that is the last option. Mm. And let me... uh, let me review the things and I uh, will call you back. I don't, that's what I recall. I might be a little bit mixed up in my things. But so fascinating that he even mentioned it. Yeah, he mentioned it. He, I remember he wrote it down and he wrote me the first options are all Rebels and all of them. I forget the names. The second option, I don't remember what it was. And then the third option was HSET, but it was like 
a very like extreme option. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said that he wanted me to make another appointment so I could have a second opinion. And that was very nice of him. Yeah. So he made me look for the doctor uh, that is the head of MS at UT Austin, Dr. Melamed. And she's now my neurologist. And she, I mean, she's so intelligent and so full of work and she only sees people on Wednesdays. So this was October. She could only see me in December. Oh. Right. So in the meantime, I didn't want to take any decisions until I saw her. Right. But I... I like Reddit very much. I don't know if you know what Reddit is, but it's this website where there's a lot of communities and people can be funny or bad or whatever, but there is an MS community, which Mm. is good. And I discovered it. And in MS community in Reddit, they started talking about HSCT. And I was like, what? And that it was done in Canada and in Israel and all these places. And I started to research it. And I came into two accounts of two men. One was a 30, is a 31-year-old man, and the other one is a 25. I don't know their names, obviously, because I know their stage names, so, you know, invented. Sure. But they were both in different times saying, okay, I'm going to start HSET in Mexico. And I'm like, Mexico? Mm. Because I'm from Mexico, as you can hear me. <laughs> and I discovered that there was one in Puebla, Clinica Reis, and also one in Monterrey, and I'm from Monterrey. Mm. So I became more interested. And to me, the both of them, one of them was what he was saying was that he was doing this early in his diagnosis because even though it's, it's an extreme uh, thing to do because you're doing chemotherapy and all that, it's better to nip, I mean, to kill it early, mm. right? To like attack it as early as you can. And his thing was that he was expecting a child with his wife. And he said, what am I looking for? Like not do anything. And maybe in 10 years, my son has to push me in a wheelchair. Right. With and change my diapers. Like now, like at least I want to feel that I tried to do everything I could. Mm. And it resonated with me. Like, what am I going to be waiting for? Because I knew of someone in my city that had the disease and she was already wearing diapers, Mm. right? And I'm like, what am I waiting for? Like in two years to be in a wheelchair with diapers? And do I really want to put my family through this? I mean, I know they would do it, but if I know of this situation, of this, uh, como se llama, HSCT, let's do it. Yeah. So... Uh, my sister's son is a doctor. He's young. And I call my sister like in the city that I wanted to do it in Monterrey. And I'm like, Regino, I knew about know about this doctor, but I don't know if it's like a legit doctor. You know, like, sure. I don't know, right? Because you don't know, like, especially if you say stem cell, it brings so many like red lights in so many people because a lot of other bad stuff has happened with other situations. And I asked him and he goes like, oh my God, he's the best doctor. He's the teacher of my teachers. Mm. And he's known all over Mexico. He has written books. He's amazing. He was even surprised that I knew about the doctor. Mm. So that gave me a lot of confidence. And I started and I contacted them and the closest opening was in January and that's what I did. I mean, thank God. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry. No, you continue. 
No, that I had the support and the means, right? Because it's not so easy to just open and go for a month away. Of course. Of course, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And so did you even get to see this new neurologist before you went? Yes. And I was able to see her, I mean, in Zoom, because obviously it was endemic and all of that. Of course. And she was, oh, but what I didn't say is that when I went back to my older neurologist, I told him, you know what, I found out about this pro, this HSET in Mexico. And as soon as I said that, he was like, stop talking. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know anything about Mexico or anything about, about that procedure because for what I know, they can be injecting you with water and sugar. And uh-huh. I was like, what? Like, I am paying you. Like, you wouldn't even let me talk? And he was like, hold on a minute, because there was a lot of commotion outside his office. I guess there was another patient or something. And he just left us there for half an hour. Uh-huh. And then he comes back in his office like, What's going on? Why are you still here? Oh, wow. And I'm like, what? Of course, I didn't want to go back to him, right? And I had the appointment with this new neurologist, and she turned out to be so amazing, so supportive, and she heard me, and I told her, you know what? I couldn't see you until December, and I have my appointment for January. I already paid for the treatment. I'm going. Mm. And she goes, okay, that's very interesting, and... But you need to take into account all the bad stuff that could happen. I mean, it's not a hundred percent a perfect. And I like I, I know. But and she goes like, Yeah, but you know that you could die for in the treatment. And I'm like, Well, it's only one percent or even less. And even if that is the result, I'd rather die than be left uh a nuisance for my family. Mm. You know? I would rather just die trying to be better. And she was like, well, you have a point, you know, if I have to be so crippled and everything, I'd rather do the option. And what I read in, sorry for changing subjects, but something that resonated a lot with me was what I was reading in Reddit in the community of MS, mm. that the common denominator, and I think we talked about it in in the Warriors with you, like people that did the process, the only thing is like they wish they had done it, done it sooner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that helped you really gain the strength and courage to just yes, go to for just it. Go, go for it. And also, I mean, I was very blessed with my husband's support, you know, like he was like, yes, let's go for it. And he stayed with me for a month. So we were very, very blessed in a lot of situations. I mean, it's not so easy to just leave and our children are grown up. Like I feel I like the people that have young children or it must be more difficult you know? Sure, sure. But I'm sure it felt nice to be in your hometown for treatment. So Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. tell us, how did it go? It was very nice. The people, by the way, everybody speaks perfect English there. I mean, the people that are involved in the clinic. Sure. And they treat you like a movie star, really. <laughs> yeah, like they, they go pick you up from the airport. They have beautiful apartments. The one they put us in had beautiful views. Monterrey is a city that has beautiful mountains. And so the apartment we had was like on the 12th floor and it has big windows and you can see all the mountains. So it was, it was nice. I couldn't get out for a month, right? 
Right. COVID. And they have a chauffeur and the cho- you make a list in, in the supermarket and the chauffeur goes and gets it for you. And every time you need to go to the clinic, the chauffeur takes you to the clinic. And sometimes nurses would come and inject me, you know, like the whole process. So it was really, it was really nice, you know. Obviously, it's not nice to have chemotherapy. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. But they were very nice. And so did you get to see any of your family while you were there or visit with them or it was just phone calls uh, because of COVID? Well, I arrived at my parents' house. They're older and we stayed there for two nights just to be able to see them and hug them and spend yeah. New Year's with them. And then they took us to the clinic and I didn't see anyone because it was, you know, they, especially COVID, it was when COVID was like super scary, right? But my sisters would come and see me like they would stay outside the door. You know, everybody masked up and everything and they would bring me stuff, you know, munchies and food and whatever. So it was really nice. It was really nice that even though I couldn't see them, just to know that if we had an emergency, everybody was there. Sure. And so this was January Mm -hmm. 2021. Yes. Yes. This, what, 10 months ago. Yeah. So how did, like, did you have any complications during your experience or did everything go pretty smoothly? The only thing that happened to me was in the end, uh, well, after having the chemotherapy and the, the, the stem cells back, I, they give you some like preventing medication and one, I became allergic to Bactrimeth mm. and the way it showed, it was like, I got a rash in my chest and I told you they had beautiful windows. So I would go have my coffee in the window because it's January and, you know, you get in the rays of the sun and it's early in the morning and you're having your coffee. Well, the the rash that I had with the sun became photosensitive. Mm. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, my immune system is not okay, right? Because right. that's what they just destroyed. Right. So that took me like six months to recuperate from, Mm. you know, like I had to come back home and then saw a dermatologist here and he gave me steroids and cream. And that really helped. The problem is that I didn't understand that I had to use them sparingly and I was just using them as frosting, you know, like ah, I was just putting cream everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And I became, my skin became addicted to it and I want to say this story because I didn't know and I don't want anybody to abuse steroid creams because it was bad. Mm. It was, I mean, but uh, I was able to wean off of it and now I'm great. I really am great. Yes. I'm not great myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I feel very good. Yeah. So no complications other than that sensitivity. Surely they changed your medication. What? the, the, The cream? No, whatever, oh, like the antiviral or, or whatever that you develop that sensitivity. Oh, to. yes, yes, but remember, they just took it off. Yeah. They used to because it was just preventive. And the only thing that I was taking was a Ciclovir just to prevent any, uh, that like herpes, whatever the shingles. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because I read scary stories like, it's very dangerous if you get it when your immune system is depressed. So 
I'm still taking it because the doctor said for a year used to like preventive. Yeah, I took it for a year, a good year. I think we were allowed to stop after six months and I just, I felt better being on it. And I thought, you know, I'd rather (laughs) just stay on it. Yes. When I, I, I also was told the same thing, but when I read that, if you get, if I, like you can get it in your brain. Mm. I didn't know that. So I would like, no, I would rather just take the little pill (laughs) than than get it in my brain. And yeah, that was really the only complication, my skin thing, because then it spread to my legs and everywhere that I had a fold in my body, you know, like the inside of my elbows and Mm. things like that. And but it went away. And I'm just being very careful with the sun, you know? Sure. And yeah, we should do that anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's that, you know, like, I really, I'm very happy that I was able to do it. And it did take a while to get better. And but it was nice that I was seeing you guys in Zoom once in a while and to hear that I was not the only one. Oh, because something that happened to me in my HSET in, in Monterrey. I was the only one. Oh, really? Group. Yeah, because of of COVID, a lot. Mm. Some people had canceled, and because it was like at the height of it, you know, like people were super scared. In at least in that moment, mm. so it was nice that I was alone because I had like VIP treatment yeah. from them. Right. But I did yes, but and but I didn't have anybody to compare notes with. Or talk to while you were there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it was kind of nice but kind of isolated. Uh because my husband I think I told you this before, jokes that I earned entry to this weird lottery club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every month we go to this lottery and it's like, okay, let's see what you got. Oh, now you won't see these months, you know, or maybe you won't hear, or maybe you won't be able to walk or hold your pee-pee or whatever. You think that's part of the recovery roller coaster? Like feeling that way? No, I think that's part of being diagnosed with MS. Oh, right. Now you belong to this lottery club. I'm sorry oh, okay. if I wasn't clear. No, that makes sense now. And that was a scary part for me when I was diagnosed. Like, what is next? Yes, the fear of the unknown. Yeah, and I think that makes it worse, right? Like For anything, sure. Like, oh, my eyes hurt. Oh, my God, am I going blind? You know? Right, yeah. And not knowing tomorrow what will happen. Yes. So it really gave me a a lot of peace of mind to do the treatment because uh, I just had my MRIs last week. And I was telling you earlier today that my doctor wrote to me today that everything is great. Mm. I don't have any new lesions after a year and nothing is active. So I think it worked. And I've always felt like it worked, the HSCT. Sure. And yeah, believing is half the battle. Yes. And I also try to be very positive because I I was thinking, well, maybe there's new new lesions. And then I was like, and then what? Am I going to like be angry and God is going to say, okay, sorry, mm. you're fine now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's no sense in being angry. I mean, because I want to go there so much sometimes to be angry and like, no, I try to be positive and laugh and enjoy because at the end of the day we're all gonna die anyway Mm. i mean sorry for being fatalistic but it's about enjoying the party 
So was that a strategy that helped you get through in Monterey, even though you were all by yourself? Yes. Yes. I tried to be very positive because I knew that the MS can affect your personality very much. Yes. And that it creates a lot of problems for some people. And I always wanted to believe like, okay, it made me funnier. It made me more stupid <laughs> than I already am. Love that's, it. That's just what I was telling myself, you know, like I'm just going to be happy and happy. Sure. So tell us about a memorable experience while you were there in Monterey. A memorable experience. I feel like I was a little bit very scared because of COVID. And I didn't like the feeling of having my immune system destroyed mm. and then seeing everybody outside like, oh, they can give me COVID. You know, yeah. that was, that was, but they were super nice. My hair, I really enjoyed the falling of the hair. Yeah. Yeah, because I've always had long hair. My hair is going white, you know, but I always like long hair. And I always wonder, what do I look like with short hair? Mm. So this was uh, the day that it started falling off. I had watched a lot of YouTubes. So I spent a whole day cutting my hair in, in like, you know, like, okay, let's do it short, shoulder length. And then I would take pictures. And now it's short. And then like half of it shaved. And now, now I make a mohawk. Nice. <laughs> so I really had a lot of fun. And then my husband did the last, the last, uh, Como se dice, uh, shaving. Mm. Anyway, that that was a lot of fun for me, doing the the haircut. The different hairstyles. That's a fun yes. way to go about it because it can be traumatic for some people. Yes, yes. It, it feels weird. But I was like, okay, it's holding off. And I had seen other people, not there, but other people that I've known that had chemo for other reasons, that they don't lose all their hair, but it becomes very thin. Mm. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to look good that way. Just like trying to save every strand of hair. Right. So I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to do it myself and cut it and cut it and take pictures. And then I would send all the pictures to my 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 sisters and they were all laughing, you know, mm -hmm. like just make it into a laughing thing. And it was very nice to see to see. I mean, to have support of friends and all that. Like, in the beginning, I didn't want to say anything. In fact, a lot of my friends don't even know that this happened to me. Sure. Well, so soon because, after diagnosis, too. Yes, and also I didn't want to become the pity party. Everybody's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, because I didn't understand what was going on with me, and I just didn't feel like explaining. That makes sense. It can be tough to, to share your story sometimes. Yes. Yes. Especially when uh, it was, like you say, like so fresh, like I just didn't know what was going on and explain it to someone. And the thing is, a lot of people give their opinion, which is, I think it's kind hearted, but sometimes you don't want to hear it. Mm. Like, oh, it's in your brain. You need, you need to change your attitude because you got sick because it's in your brain. Mm. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Don't tell me that it's my fault, even though it might be, you know, I don't want to hear that. Right, right. Well, thank you for sharing your story here. So why was it important for you then to participate in the podcast? Well, you have been so good for me, you know, seeing you and talking to you. And I mean, I wish one day we can get to know each other in person, but 
just Zoom meetings, like feeling that I'm not alone. And because in the beginning, that's what you feel like. That you're alone. Yeah, that you're the only one going through this. And you're not at all. Especially because it's scary, you know, like what is going to happen. Yeah, and the unknown. Uh-huh, exactly. Like, am I going to be uh, paraplegic and a nuisance to my family? Do we have enough resources to mm. take care of me? You know? And... I feel a lot of peace of mind having done this procedure. And I was surprised when I didn't see a lot of people uh, in the clinic. Sure. I, I was surprised. I was surprised that they had a, a map there and everybody that has been there and finishes the process, you put your little flag. Mm. I was the, I was the only one from Monterrey. Really? They had fl- they have flags from India, Africa, all over the world, a lot from England, the United States, Canada, which made me very proud yeah. of the doctor. And I just want more people to know about it. It seems a lot of people don't know about it. That's the truth. Yeah. And amazing yeah. that your doctor has been supporting you and learning more about your story yes and it was nice that i saw her two weeks ago and i was just very happy i just tried to be very happy and i think she was blown away because as i told you she's the main uh multiple sclerosis neurology teacher i don't know the proper uh wording of her title but she's super important and she saw me, she asked me permission if, she, if one of her postgraduate students could be in the meeting, in the uh, appointment. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I think they were surprised at how well I was doing. And after that, she sent me a, uh, 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 a message that if I would be willing to talk to one of her patients that is interested in HACT. Brilliant. And I was like, yes. And I told her about your website and about you and it was nice that she was interested, that she's interested, you know, and because especially she's a teacher, she's important and of a great university. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you're doing this. I mean, what you're doing, Jen, is awesome. Oh. My respects to you. It's a lot of work and I admire you very much. Well, you're kind to say so, and I do appreciate it. But I, I've realized in the last few years how much just connecting with people in this way and hearing these stories has helped my own healing process and journey. And so it's an honor and a privilege truly just to hold this space and find connections with people who are willing to share their story. Yes. Yes. And I cannot wait for the next Zoom so I can see you and everyone. Yes, to see you. Yeah, it'd be great to see you. And someday maybe we'll connect in person. Who knows? Yes. Yes, I hope so. So how is recovery going for you? Recovery has been very good. It really affected my brain in the beginning. Like one thing that I felt before having HACT was a lot of brain fog. Mm. And that is something that completely lifted away immediately. Oh, wow. But sometimes I felt confusion, but in a different way. You know, like like my brain was trying to like recuperate maybe i don't know the 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 expression that now after 10 months i feel very good i finally feel like okay 
I can get, I mean, I've been working since like four months ago, mm. but not completely. And because after, oh, I didn't tell you, after I had HSET, then in July, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And it wasn't cancer, it's not good. I mean, I had the operation, they took half of my thyroid out, and it was benign, thank God. Yeah. That is the correct word to say it. And then I had COVID in August. Oh, good. Even though I was vaccinated, right? Gee so, whiz, the hits just yes. kept on coming for you. Yes. When I got sick with COVID, I really cried. That that I was so angry <laughs> with you. Know, you know, we'd go like, okay, come on, you know, find somebody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I just had this fear of thyroid cancer. I just had HSCT. I've been mm. vaccinated. Yeah. So now I feel good and a little bit like invincible. Of course, that is a problem, but it doesn't matter. I'm just mm. like, okay, whatever, you know, like just throw it at me. I'll deal with it. And yeah, but I really feel very good now. You know, after That's wonderful. So, mm -hmm. did you have any doubts going into HSCT? Yes, I thought I could die, mm -hmm. and you know, like anything can happen. And I'd never had uh, chemotherapy before, so I didn't know what to expect. The first day, I felt very bad with the chemo. The only way I can express it is that I felt like I was made of ceramic, and that. Uh, like a tractor ran over me mm. you know like I was felt like in, in pieces it was just weird and I told the doctor the next time I was supposed to have chemo and he said don't worry some this might not the next ones might not hurt you because mm. sometimes it's a surprise to the body of this poison mm -hmm. right and they didn't hurt you know, I never felt nausea, never felt anything. I oh, was always wow. eating very well. Yes, I, I. it was only the first day that I had it that I really felt bad. But that was it. You know, like... That's amazing. So, yes. And the, and the skin thing that I told you I had. But it was, it was really good. I mean, obviously, you know what I mean. Right. It's chemo. Yes, <laughs> it can never be. But it's good nice. you didn't struggle with it. Yes, yes. Do you yes. have any secrets or tips or strategies that you want to share? I like I drank a lot of water constantly. And I think that really helped because they give you I mean, they're very nice in this place. They they fill your apartment with water bottles and everything you will you're going to need. They give you medicines, everything is set up for you. And I was religiously taking I mean drinking water because they had said that it was very important. And I think that helped. Like, I just wanted to, like, do whatever they said. I also think it helped that I wasn't that uh, bad in my body, you know, mm. from multiple sclerosis that I, oh, something that I omitted, like when half of my body was asleep, the neurologist gave me infusions of steroids mm. and it really took it away. So you felt so, like you recovered that relapse. Yes. And... Uh, one thing that I had that had stayed was half of my hand was still asleep mm -hmm. after everything. So, but after I did HSCT, that part of the my hand that was asleep woke up. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So I feel like nothing happened. I mean, not a word, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and I'm sure it mm -hmm. helped that your husband was with you cooking good food. Yes. You yes, had your own really private can. chef. I know, which is a problem in a good way. 
you know, because it's very hard to lose weight. <laughs> but yeah, he was doing good food all the time. Did he keep you on that kind of restricted diet? Did he do research yes. at all on like foods that could help during chemo? Yes. Yeah. He bought all these books and read about the Mediterranean diet, the paleo diet, the, the what is the name, Dr. Wall? Uh, mm, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, diet. So he just basically was avoid uh, flour, sugar, lacti, lactose, lactose. Uh, milk and its cheeses and all that. Sure. And we have tried to keep it, you know. I'm a little bit more like open right now to like a little cup of wine or a little bit of dark chocolate or whatever. Mm, sure. Yeah. It's nice that he was there supporting you in that way. Oh, yes. Yes, he was a blessing. It is he is a blessing to me. And yeah. so great that you've recovered and, and feel as though MS is is gone from your life. Yes. I don't even want to say its name. Right. right. <laughs> you know, like that thing that they said I had. That makes yeah. sense. So what about a superpower you gained through your experience with HSCT? I think it really made me uh, value life more. I think it happens to everyone, I guess, you know, like, yes, I'm going to die. And yes, we are all going to die. And, what am I contributing? What am I doing? What, what am I going to leave when I'm gone? Mm. So I started painting more because I've always liked to paint, but mm. I was like for later, you know, like doing it like, okay, one day I'll do it. Sure. And one of my cousins, she's very sweet. She's a painter and she's super talented. And she started calling me as soon as I was back home. And like, okay, every Thursday we're going to paint. So she would call me and like, okay, get in your table. I'm going to call you in three hours and you're going to send me pictures of what you painted. So that that has been awesome. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. So so enjoying life, I would say. Yes, and trying to like find out what am I here for. Mm. Yes, living, I think that's living your living and all, Yes, and also being positive. Like if anybody has to run into me, that is a good experience, mm. you know, for you, them. And you for are, me. Yeah, well, you're so joyful. Well, I make an effort and I hope I try because I, I have got Sila inside of me too. and But I have to keep it caged, right? You know what I mean? Well, I do. And... I struggle with that and I blame MS. Um, yes. So do you have any tips for anyone who does struggle with caging their anxiety? How do you do it? How do I do it? I just, the thing is one day dawned on me, you know, I was in traffic a long time ago and I was honking so angry because they wouldn't go until I realized like, it doesn't matter if I honk and I get super angry because if they cannot go, they won't go, right? It's not like, oh, she got angry. Let's all move. Right. She's honking and she's angry, right? You know, it's only damaging me. So having that realization, I don't know if I can convey it, but it was just so big for me. Like when we are so angry with someone or situation that you cannot help, like I cannot make God take a mess away from me, mm. right? 
So like, what? I'm going to get super angry and God is going to say, oh no, I made a mistake. Sorry. Right. You don't have it anymore. Right. <laughs> so that makes me like pause when I start getting very angry or anxious or what have you to say like, that's not going to make a change. It's only affecting me. And one thing I, I, I saw this in a movie a long time ago and it said, you have only one life to live. You can either make a chicken shit or chicken salad. Mm -hmm. So I prefer to make a chicken salad. Yeah. That's all. I love that. Oh, both, both of them are chicken. All we can you know, control like, is our reaction. Yeah. So I'm not very good at it, but I really try hard. Because I've seen uh, people that have bad tempers affect family, and I tend to have a very bad temper. So I don't want to be that. I don't want to be like, oh, here she comes, mm. you know? So that's all. I love that. Yeah, just to think like chicken shit or chicken salad is your decision. And they're both chicken. Yes. Well, one's much more positive anyway. <laughs> yes. One is more enjoyable, right? Indeed. So yes. what about gratitude? What are you grateful for that has gone unspoken? Unspoken? Uh, I am grateful, for, obviously, for my family. But can you believe that I am very grateful for Reddit and <laughs> for the Internet? And for you, you know, like it has given me so much, like finding that community and know, because that's how I knew about HSET. Right. I find you, I think I find you through them, mm. you know? So I'm very grateful that people post their situations. I didn't post much about mine because I'm a little bit reserved, but I, wanted to speak to you because I want more people to know about this mm. and that it is an option. And I know that this thing works also for people that have lupus, right? Or some other uh, immune disorders. Yes. Yes. And also uh, what the, another one, I forgot the name. Well, scleroderma and CIDP and diabetes, type one diabetes. A lot of people don't really? know about it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's nice to know. And wow. so many people deserve to know. Yes, yes. And it's, a, it's, it's, I don't understand why the doctors don't promote it or I don't know. I know a lot of interests are going there, but I was, I feel very gr grateful to have researched it in the internet and found it and found you and, uh, because it, you, you don't feel alone. Like I was saying before. Mm. It can be so isolating when we're yes. when we're trapped in that diseased mind state. Yes, and also because I would see people that I know that, that are more, uh, you know, like party a lot and do drugs. And, and I'm like, why don't they get sick, you know? Mm -hmm. But then I would caught myself with that thought. And I'm like, that's not very nice of me. You know, like you don't know what people are going through. And also... You got it for some reason. I think, by the way, that I got it because of stress. Mm. And I think we've talked about this before. And some people, at least in Reddit, were saying the same thing, that they can relate it to the stressful time in their lives. And I think in my case, it was stress not managed well. Mm. 
I don't know. That's the reason that could be. Well, I've had doctors explain to me that at some point there's an infection that triggers our immune system to start attacking itself. And surely stress, compounded stress especially, can exacerbate Uh that tendency of our immune system to attack itself. So at some point there was like the catalyst being some infection. So in my case, it was Lyme disease. And then I just didn't know. I didn't know about it at all for years. (sighs) So you were sick and you didn't know? Yeah. I mean, I was sick and I knew and I'd go to see doctors and they would tell me it's all in your head. Nothing is showing on this MRI. The blood work is normal. Everything is fine. This pain is not real. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, uh, as I told you, my doctor told me about the findings in the MRI and there's no new ones. I mean, obviously I was secretly hoping like maybe they're not there anymore. Right. Right. But no, that's going to be hard. Well, it'll take time, right? So last Mm -hmm. year I had an MRI of my brain and it did show that I had some lesions were shrinking. Ooh. Yeah, but that was the first MRI to show that. Ah, congratulations. Yeah, so hopefully you'll have the same fortune. I hope, yes. Yes. Yes, that's a good thing that I learned too, that... I felt invincible and that I was like always going to be healthy. But no, no, we're all human. Mm -hmm. Human indeed. Yes. Well, Graciela, it's brilliant to connect with you. And I really appreciate you sharing your story. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving me your time, Jenny. It's always so nice to talk to you. And to you you as well. So enjoy a beautiful rest of the week and continued health and wellness and healing to you. And to you too. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Graciela, it's always a pleasure to connect with you. You radiate joy. And I just love that about you. Well, you too. And have a great week. Oh, You too. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.org where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. It has been amazing to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well. John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. 
If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician and take good care of it.